This is bourbonblog.com. We're taking you to uh, California tonight with Jordan Vi, my good friend, master distiller for Savage and Cook. You're joining us there uh, live from Mare Island. What's what's happening there at Savage and Cook, Jordan? Oh, man. Uh, well, we are trying not to catch on fire, first off. Um, but uh, we're doing a pretty good job of that out here. Most of the fires are on both sides of us. Uh, damn unfortunate thing for California. Um, we're trying to help out we can. Um, right. And uh, mainly by making whiskey, something to forget about it about. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going good here. We're, we're back in production with whiskey. Uh, and that's a damn fine thing. We're making right. uh, some batches arrive, picking up where we left off uh, five months ago when this whole mess started. Yeah, no, that is a that is a damn fine thing, as you say. Now, just just so we have a little bit of an idea, because we you know we are concerned about everybody we're hearing about in California. And I'm out there a lot during during the year. Usually, where how far away from the fires are you guys? Uh, well, uh, the two big fires are north of us. Um, uh, the lightning, the LDU, uh lightning complex is only about 50 miles north of us. It's not far. We right. uh, this is one of the first days you can uh, look out the window and it's not smoke. Uh, right up to the windows so we've uh, we've had some strange days um the august complex which is the largest fire uh, uh up north a little bit further uh just past the north end of the napa valley we're right at the south end of of what is napa valley um and then there's some big fires going on south of us uh down near santa rosa uh down near san jose sorry right and uh so yeah we're kind of boxed in by some giant fires and right over the right over the mountains here over in vacaville uh that lightning complex fire is burning there some other fires burning on the coastline so we're kind of right in the middle of a big ring of fire uh not as not as not very cool yeah um, yeah but everybody's everybody's pulled together out here there's been a lot of uh, uh support especially in you know uh in our industry and whatnot refugees flooding in from different areas um everybody's doing what they can california's really good about pulling together and taking care of their own when when, uh, when we inevitably catch on fire every year you know right <laughs> and you get and you guys have been especially good there at savage and cook taking care of your own uh during the pandemic i know you all uh, you've made a lot of great hand sanitizer and you've really pitched in uh what's what's been happening there it's been a few months since we chatted well, uh, we have been pretty much nonstop on hand sanitizer for the last uh, five months. Um, and uh, thank you for, for complimenting me on the hand sanitizer. I, I guarantee you it's the least tasty thing I've ever made. Uh, and so it's, yeah, it's, we've, we're glad to be winding down on it. I think the, uh, the, the at least in our part of the country, uh, people have uh, caught up the, the, the major manufacturers of hand sanitizer and, um, the primary surge, I mean, I'm not going to say we're anywhere near any kind of uh, slowing, especially here in California. We can't take any 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 uh, credit or any kind of uh, stance on being almost over this here. But we uh, it seems that everybody's got their fill of hand sanitizer. We still have quite a bit. We have a warehouse full of it that we're ready to deploy uh, as needed. Uh, requests for donations and whatnot have, have slowed down. We've supplied uh, who we could. And uh, yeah, it seems to have steadied itself out enough so that we've uh, cleaned up the tanks and, and washed out the equipment, tried to get the Bitrex and glycerin off everything, and uh, we're back to making rye whiskey. That's that's incredible. And again, uh, if you're watching us, just joining us right now, uh, like this video, share this, tell us down below what your favorite Savage and Cook whiskey is. Uh, you know, I love them all. I know in a few moments. We are going to try something uh, new uh, that's your new recipe of this wonderful bad sweater. This is my, I have the one from last year and I really can't say enough great things about the bad sweater uh, holiday whiskey. So this, this year it's actually wearing a sweater. It's now uh, with 90% more sweater. Yes. Uh, that's right, 100% more sweater. It um, needed a little bit more, um, it needed a little bit more warmth, didn't it? I, you know, we felt like it might be cold, and it definitely would choose to wear a tacky sweater vest if, uh, you know, if it were conscious um, and not just a <laughs> bottle full of liquid. Uh, so, yeah, we, we decided to give it what it wanted, and uh, we put a, uh, a sweater on it with uh, 
you know, not at all polarizing religious iconic iconography <laughs> on it. Um, it's a uh, it's a bad sweater, but it's a great whiskey, man. That's, it's that's, no, it really it's we're got a tagline for it right now, you know. So I'm gonna try out a few as I as I hold them in a pose. Well, should we should we go ahead and try that? I could pour a little of last year's, and you can pour the, the one you're holding. You want to go ahead and try? Did I forget to send you? I, you know, we're just bottling it now. I literally had to go. Right oh, it's all right. I like this one from the bottling line. I can but certainly it's, uh, try. It's, it's essentially the same whiskey. I did yes. play with it a little bit. You know, that was my first year's iteration. What you have in your hand, which I was quite proud of. But uh, yes. you always try to try to think I can do better. At least you know, convince the people who uh, who. who write my paycheck that I can do better and I'm still relevant around here. Um, no, we did a little more orange, a little more chocolate, a little, it's, it's like an orange in a box of chocolate and a delicious apple pie. Got a little drunk one night and ended up in bed and nobody really knows who the father is now, you know, but, but it's, it's got a lot of love. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's very, it's very holiday-esque. And again, for those of you just joining us, it's Bourbon Blog Live. We're joining a, uh, Jordan Vise joining us uh, for a, another great conversation and tasting there live in California from Savage and Cook. So like this, share this, subscribe to that link right there, wherever you're watching it from. Uh, tell people, I think people mainly understand, but where, whereabouts is your distillery? It's I've been there. I know where it is, but how would you describe it? Uh, well, you haven't been to this part of the distillery. This is this is this is all new. Sorry about. Oh, okay. I I this is I stayed corrected. I've been to the distillery, but not. You have not I, been to the bar, Tom. <laughs> yes, no, I mean finally. Where are? Where is that then? Where is this new bar in the distillery? This, this is in our beautiful new conference uh, slash meeting slash drinking too much and pretending we're working room. It's uh, it's right at the front of the building with the Napa River out in front of us over here and. Uh, wow. Some gorgeous windows and a lot of cool stuff that, that Dave Finney likes to collect. He finally got around to building, you know, arguably the most important room in the in the whole distillery, which is, you know. A, a, so this is the bar with this be mainly for conferences, or eventually it's going to be a, a bar you invite people into. Yeah, I mean it, it hasn't it hasn't officially been defiled by a uh, official conference or very serious meeting yet. Right. Um, but probably will happen. Uh, you and I are having a pretty serious meeting. This is kind of maybe one of the first meetings. <laughs> this might this might be the first real serious thing we. This could do. be it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So this is the new bar. Cool. Congratulations on that. Cheers. I'm toasting a little bad sweater here. And uh, last year, I mean, really, uh, just some great uh, holiday esque. I mean, do I get a little clove in this too? There's is there a little clove in there? You're quite perceptive. <laughs> a little clove in this. Uh, this year, how is it changing for people that have tried the bad sweater? Because it is incredible. Again, we've uh, uh, I tried to re kind of refocus it. I always loved those uh, those chocolate oranges. Uh, mm. I don't know if you remember this this oddity of, of strange candy that your grandfather probably convinced you to try a piece of while promising something better that comes from a store in a package. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's orangey. It's it's quite orangey. It's quite chocolatey. Uh, tone the cinnamon down quite a bit. Uh, the, the the baking spices component to it is is more integrated in there. And you know it's not better. It's just a little different. A little more what uh, a little more. It's a little more gooder. I'm, I'm gonna go with that because I gooder. can't call anything and that and that sounds like like nice English. It's gooder but bad. Maybe it's yeah. Bad you bad. know, it's like so many things. It's good and bad both. I, this is tasty, and I'm sure. When will this new one be on the shelf? The one you're you're trying. I'm sorry. When will the new one be on the shelf? The one that uh, that you that you're, that you're holding up there. When, when can well, we be seeing this one? As soon as we finish bottling it up, we're going to get it out to uh, uh, to a store near you, and uh, hopefully, I hopefully I would have I would have known that answer before I got on with you. Uh, it's all right. No, we know it'll be so sometime say, the... uh, You'll have it by next month. I'm excited to try it and obviously uh, be watching for the new band sweater, wearing a sweater. Uh, and again, a really a very unique distillery. As you as you walk into this distillery, you're immediately greeted by some very um, interesting art. Uh, the, the vibe there is just, it's very forward thinking. It's, uh, well, can you show us around a little bit where you are? I can. Yeah, I can. thank you so much. If you would please. Uh, creepy disembodied hand here. Yeah, and what what did this place used to be? This place, uh, this entire island here, 
And tell me if my uh, if my videoing here sucks, uh, please, Tom. No, I can say it looks great. I see if there's nowhere near the talent you are, sir. So uh, this uh, whole island was a naval facility, um, one of the oldest uh, in the country, actually. Uh, definitely one of the oldest in the western uh, seaboard here. The um, the building we're in now, uh, which houses the distillation equipment and uh, some of the aging stock. We have we have a small uh, warehouse of barrels here. Our our main rick houses are a little further north on the island. Right. Keep them nice and hot. Uh, we still try to keep it a little cool in here, but um, this building here was a parts building for submarines, uh, submarine parts, believe it or not. Uh, it was built in 1906, I believe. Yeah. And uh, it's just stood since then. We, we started refurbishing it, um, oh gosh, almost five years ago now. And uh, it took a long time. It was about three years in, in, in um, bringing it up to structural uh, code for California. And uh, yeah, it turned out to be a beautiful building. It really, it's an incredible building. And the art comes from uh, just all over. The art that, that adorns this, the, the, the vibe. Would, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so, uh, well, I got to get to the art. This is this But is the, the, still, right the still is a fork of art, too, definitely. Please. Yeah, uh, so this is our uh, Vendo Copper and Brass Works, 24-inch <laughs> column still. Uh, this is from the, uh, I'm on the, the center floor of the building. So we've got a containment shaft for it that uh, we can see it from every floor. Give you, give you a couple different angles. Um, but, yeah, and as you can see, it's uh, ah, so nice to see that happening. <laughs> that is nice. Um, yes, this is a uh, so this we, this the whole place is comprised of two buildings. The one we're in now, which houses the uh, production uh, uh, operations, and then across the sky bridge here, uh, just so you can see, made out of genuine grains, not making nice. it out of magic or unicorn. Parts. The grains actually, they're, those grains are going in right now, aren't they? Those grains are coming out right now. Are coming out and going in. Uh, what you're seeing out the window there is incredible. The, is the leftover of the stillage has been separated from the grains, uh, pressed out. Uh, we've reclaimed that water, and that that's at about 45% uh, moisture content. That's what goes out in that bin, goes for feedstock, and I don't know. We don't charge anyone for it. Hopefully, somebody sends me a, a steak or a slab of bacon or something. Something. <laughs> um, I'm just happy to get rid of it. I've gotten what I wanted out of it, which was all the sugar to turn into some delicious whiskey. Uh, these are our, uh, this is the second building uh, here. And again, probably about the least efficient barrel house uh, that I could have imagined putting together. It's um, single file of barrels. Well, I really like the way these are laid out. I mean, this is even uh, the way these are spread out inside this this place. This is a really different kind of unique uh, arrangement for uh, for a for a warehouse. Tell tell us yeah. about about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. If you've uh, however, if you've ever been to a winery, it's a pretty common arrangement of barrels. So, right. You know, right. I am here working with uh, Dave Finney, uh, iconic Napa Valley winemaker, and he had an aesthetic that uh, you know is he wanted to. To hold two here, I, I think it works. Not very good for fitting the maximum amount of barrels into the smallest space you can, which is what most people are trying to accomplish. Right. Sorry, walking by a loud heat exchanger here. It's all right. Um, but it does uh, it does create a nice aesthetic. Creates a nice space for uh, events. This is a uh, this is actually an old vault, a records vault here. And some of that art you were talking about. This is some art by uh, an English artist named uh, Ben Rivers. And Excellent. Terrible at getting this stuff in frame. And so, this is this is the the vault, right? This is where one of the conference rooms is. Correct. And, what did uh, the vault? What did that area of the vault used to be? I know you had told me when I was there. Well, it used to house uh, records for the Navy. Records for the Navy. Um. We don't no idea what those records were about because it was a bunch of top secret stuff. Um, but now it houses uh, our 
slightly boozy patrons who come by and hang out at this table. And, you know, it's really like many places, just creating more places to interestingly sit and drink and talk about things. It's an incredible place. It's really magical. The whiskey is is so unique, so delicious. Uh, it, and I know that, uh, are you all doing any uh, tours, tastings right now? What's what's happening there right now with that? Well, we did open back up for tastings and tours by appointment. Um, however, we've, we've slowed that down. Things haven't worked out so well for people opening up for those things around here. We're, we're kind of off the beaten path, too, so definitely a destination spot. We don't want people, uh, you know, getting together and going too far out of their, their comfort areas where they're safe right. to come right. and see us. So um, we do miss everyone. We miss all of you who have come and, and seen us in the past here. Yes. Uh, but, you know, we'll get it back together as soon as we can. And we and we look forward to that. And if anyone has any questions for uh, Jordan Vi about Savage and Cook or what he's doing there, uh, ask them down below. I see a lot of great people, Sue and Virginia, uh, watching uh, Annabelle, Litch, a lot of great people tuning in and, and, oh, and throwing, a, throwing a shout out to Jordan. Uh, a lot of good people uh, tuning in. And, and so tell us, if you've had one of the whiskeys, tell us what your favorite is down below and or uh, ask questions. And thank you for sharing this video. Uh, I went ahead, you know, and I, I love the bad sweater. I poured a little of this one, uh, the lip service, because this one is just so, so delicious. Oh, where are we now? I want to tell us where we are. This is a great place. Oh, oh, yeah. No, this is live from the uh, from the Savage and Cook bathrooms. This is so cool. <laughs> this is one of the best, one of the best bathroom uh, stalls and just layout ever. It's it, it, the art follows us right there, doesn't it? Yes. It yeah. Does. No, Dave's done a beautiful job with this. Uh, we we set it up very functional, but he's made this place a real cool place to hang out in, too. I'm going to walk you through the production room uh, real quick. But what were you asking me? Well, I, I was just saying I'm, I'm on to the lip service, so I'm having a little lip service. Uh, I Tell us what – I know what it is. Tell us what the lip service is. Uh, this is delicious. I love this. The lip service is our rye whiskey. That's our That's our primary focus here, at least – as far as I'm concerned, I always wanted to be a, a, a rye whiskey maker. You know, I made a lot of great bourbon out in Breckenridge. And uh, when I came here, I uh, really wanted to make an equally well-received rye. And I think we've yes. done a pretty good job of it so far. Um, but it's a uh, not a real traditional, uh, well, that depends on who you're, who you're drinking. Um, very traditional if you like your Rittenhouse and you like your old Overholt and some of the real cheap stuff, you know, that, <laughs> that uh, are absolutely uh, iconic to me. But um, a 51% rye, 45% corn, 4% malted barley in there just for the enzymes. It's a highly, uh, highly uh, uh, modified distiller's malt or very lowly, low kilned, uh, high diastatic power distiller's malt. Um, yeah, and we do a... Uh, we do a, a little longer fermentation, five-day fermentation at a little lower temperatures, try to keep things around 80 degrees. Right. Uh, you know, not for anything but to create kind of a lower fusel alcohol profile that we can manage. We can take as much as we want. Um, if you create too much, you're stuck with what you get sometimes before you. Anyway, different philosophy uh, that I have for rye than I, than I even have for bourbon. We... Uh, we pushed for a little higher collection. We collected around 138 to 140 off the still here and then cut it back with the natural spring, with our spring water out of uh, Anderson Valley, which is up in, uh, or I'm just north of here. It's, it, it, it caught on fire not too long ago, but we rebuilt it and uh, we actually rebuilt it better and the spring is uh, in great condition and now we've got all new modern facilities up there for, for collecting the water. So. It's it's delicious it, that uh, that wine barrel the way it has finished this whiskey it just there's so many elements to it there's so many layers to, to lip service that um, they go into realms of being, being cocktail it, it's reminiscent of cocktails but just on its own it's just it's such a such a, a really cool creation. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, I have seen you drink quite a bit of it, so I, I know you're probably not lying to me. I, I'm telling the truth. You better believe it. I really, I'm a big fan of it, Jordan. I am. How hey, long is it in those? How long is it in those? Through this noisy room here. Uh, 
gobbler's so full you can't even see the top of it anymore, but I guarantee I like you, it. Uh, there's some fantastic whiskey boiling right inside there. Very nice. This is Sully Sullivan. What's happening? Hey, I remember that guy. What's happening, Sully? Very nice. That's a good low wine can. Yes. Very nice. And we're getting a tour right now. If you're just joining us, this is Savage uh, and Cook. out there in the background. If uh, anybody uh, wants to see his mug again, he just did the uh, Moonshiners uh, Master Distiller Competition out in Tennessee. Really? And uh, he'll be on, uh, yeah, here in a few weeks. <laughs> and and where, will we, where will we be seeing this? Tell on the Discovery you. Channel. On oh, Discovery, okay. Yeah. So that'll be on the Moonshiners What's it called again? They've, the got, a, they've got a competition that they call Master Distiller, you know? And, wow, uh, very nice. Yeah, I've seen this, yes. He's a smart guy. He's a great assistant distiller. And uh, he went out there and did a good job, I think. I don't know. He can't tell me, you know? He, he's, uh, he's, he's NDA'd up, so. Uh, we have to. He didn't come back with a sad look on his face, so <laughs> he may have won. We have to tune in and see. A lot of great people. Donald Snyder uh, giving you a shout out there from Florida. Thanks, Donald, for watching us. He says Savage and Cook is one of the most beautiful distilleries he's been to, and, and uh, we appreciate all that Donald does in the world of whiskey. Uh, thanks for watching. Absolutely, uh, and congratulations, Donald. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Chris Gomez and Virginia, thanks for watching there. So you're, you, when it comes to these uh, wine, the wine barrel finishes, of course, starting with the lip service, uh, just delicious. Uh, what, what do you hope that these red wine barrels do to the whiskeys? Uh, What's your hope with this? Well, honestly, that was that was the biggest challenge of uh, coming here and uh, you know rethinking rye whiskey and rethinking the whole line of whiskeys of how to make whiskey for a winemaker. Um, and again, I didn't want to come out here and uh, and, and uh, reinterpret what I'd done in the past uh, and just try to, I didn't think that this called for a very traditional style of bourbon or even rye whiskey. Um, while the grain bills are, are fairly uh, uh, true to, to, to type, both, uh, I mean, our rye whiskey obviously has quite a bit of corn in it. Our bourbon whiskey has less rye in it than I've put into whiskeys from my past. Um, and whatnot, uh, Breckenridge, I don't know to say from my past, everybody knows where I'm from. Uh, it's uh, quite a bit less uh, rye in the in the mash bill initially. And, um, but at the end of the day, after three years for the rye, four years for the bourbon, uh, wanted to try and give it a, you know, a local taste, uh, definitely some influence right. from, from Dave Fitty and his experience. So uh, we started playing around with uh, barrels from the, his portfolio of wines, which is quite prolific if, uh, if anyone knows the Orange Swift line of wines. Uh, so, you know, we, we uh, we tried a lot of different barrels. We pretty much tried everything we could get our hands on, um, and we ended up on, uh, on on a few pretty classics. The rye gets a Grenache finish. The lip service that you're that you're sipping yes. on quite quite a lot right now, and uh, the bourbon gets a Cabernet Sauvignon finish. Uh, we have one other light whiskey uh, called Second Glance that um, actually gets a Zinfandel barrel finish. Um, all those barrels are. Uh, come from wine projects of Dave's. The, the Grenache is the only one that comes in from uh, from France. The Cabernet and the Zinfandel barrels come from a project right up north here in Rutherford, California, which is up in Napa Valley. Uh, and yeah, everything's everything's nice and nice and local. Our whole process here, our grains are grown an hour away uh, over across the mountains in that place that's kind of on fire right now, uh, around Vacaville. And uh, um, those grains are brought here, processed right here. Our barrels are coopered down the road at Seguin Moreau Cooperage, and everything comes together in the distillery here. So th there's that element of, of locality uh, to California, but also uh, with the wine finishes, uh, I had Dave's expertise to help me um, uh, combine flavors, and it was not easy. It's uh, <clears throat> using dry wine or, or barrels that have been used to finish dry wines, uh, you know, none of these wines that we're talking about, the Zinfandel, the Cabernet, uh, the Grenache, which is a component of a wine called uh, Department 66, um, none of them were, you know, port-style wines or sweet wines or anything that you that you 
traditionally see bourbons and, and, and rye whiskeys being finished in. Uh, they were dry table wine barrels. So we've got a lot of different elements to, to, uh, to contend with, to be careful about there. Uh, you know, these barrels have only been used uh, for a couple of vintages, especially in the case of the Cabernet that gets uh, right. bourbon seeds. So there's still quite a bit of French oak extract in there. There's still quite a bit of that, uh, that dense, you know, the, the barrels aren't toasted, so tannins aren't deactivated. We've got a lot more tannin we can extract. We've got a lot more um, uh, uh, that heavy French uh, uh, notes to the oak, that's that intense uh, oak lactone that's, that's just really oaky. Um, and quite a bit of, of you know, deep uh, uh, vanillin, French oak barrels, not as heavy as, as American, but a different kind of, uh, maybe a little more subtle uh, uh, bearing of vanillin. And so all of that gets uh, gets extracted along with the little bit of wine that was left in the capillaries. You know, whiskey's a pretty strong solvent. Uh, it reaches out further into the uh, into the, the system of the barrel and, and pulls back. Gets uh, that wine out, right. It does, it does. Don't yeah. let anybody tell you differently, you know. It's... Uh, when you put when you when you put whiskey in a in a wine barrel, a port barrel, whatever, you're trying to you know you're trying to get that wine out of there. <laughs> but we also uh, get a lot of that um, oak influence that wasn't extracted in the in the in the wine process. So, so it's the wine plus that oak that that really didn't get extracted out. Exactly, wow. exactly. It's so much more than just uh, putting some wine finish uh, on the tail end of a. I'm trying, I'm trying to elegantly go over and get my glass again without looking like I'm <laughs> around too much. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, it does it adds an element that I've not tasted in uh, in too many whiskeys. Um, you know, we did a lot of uh, a lot of this workout in in, in Breck with uh, different uh, finishes, uh, many different wine barrels, mainly dessert wines, uh, and you know, since I've since I've been gone, they've done some amazing things with. Uh, rum and um, uh, Madeira, I believe. Uh, right. Hans out there is killing it. He was uh, absolute best guy. Uh, could have left in charge of that. So um, cool. thanks, Hans. Love you. Yeah. And um, from our end here, you know, I've learned a lot about dealing with barrels in a more uh, uh, more delicate way. I mean, it's 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 a lot easier to screw things up here. We everything uh, gets their finishes from forty five to sixty days. And from day 45, we're checking it pretty much daily, uh, right. trying to find that sweet spot where we pull it. And I have left lots in for too long, which have to then go through the trouble of blending out later with lots that are slightly under extracted. And I've got, I've got a little embarrassing pile of mistakes, uh, but, it, you know, who of us does it? You've probably got one standing right next to you. I, I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So, so really, you're looking at about a couple of months, a month and a half, couple of months on these, but it will vary from barrel to barrel. It will vary, yeah, definitely. Right. And uh, some of the more aggressive Rutherford stuff uh, compared to some of the, you know, uh, Grenache barrels we bring in from France, which have been used a few more vintages and extracted a little more heavily. Uh, we are a little more careful with these big Napa Valley bruiser wines. I mean, it, it comes from a project called GB Crane, which is one of Dave's, uh, you know, prestige wine projects. And... Uh, it's intense wine. It's it's. Uh, if anybody out there drinking Dave's wines, he doesn't really do anything lightly. These are these are serious wines. Uh, which okay, so we did the lip service. Which one do we do? You want to talk to the American next or the bourbon next? Which one do you want to? I would I would say we should tuck right into the uh, to the bourbon. Let's go into the bourbon. All right, let's go into the bourbon into the burning chair and uh, again. You know, I think a lot of people watching will probably try these. If you haven't tried these, they are delicious. The art on each of them really carries forward the theme of the art uh, from the distillery. Uh, this one of the burning chair, this is actually a chair that is indeed burning. Yes, that is a Barco Lounger in Fuego, man. It is, uh, it's a, stare at it for a while. It'll come to you. If you ever run into Dave Finney out there in the world, uh, you know, ask him about his art. Uh, he'll probably give you a, a short answer, something to the effect of uh, what do you think of it and how do you interpret it? Like many, uh, many of the world's great artists. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, 
They look great on a shelf together. They definitely get some conversations going around them. And they're a bit polarizing. Some people uh, think the, the opaque bottle's trying to hide something, but you know, get it in your glass. We're not, we're not making insepid whiskey here. It's, uh, if anything, uh, that extract I was talking about coming out of those wine barrels uh, deepens the color considerably in those final days of, of, yeah. of aging. So. Those, those final days, I mean, these are, these are days that um, even going a day further, a day shorter, I mean, there is a real per perfection time. I mean, this is something that going just a little further can make a big difference, right? Yes, quite a bit. Um, like I said, I, I've, I've run past the, uh, past the finishing line on these things and just dumbly kept stumbling forward, uh, thinking there was something better down the road. Um, and again, those are uh, those are those are learning experiences where we're uh, blending those out. And, you know, sometimes you got to drink your own mistakes. It's an occupational hazard. <laughs> Drinking <laughs> up over wooded whiskey, you learn a lesson, damn it. Um, but uh, most of the time, I think I like to think I get it right. And uh, and I think definitely with the with the team I've assembled here and all of us uh, just very passionately pursuing the best possible thing we could put in bottle. Uh, I I'll let I'll let you guys all decide. I'm gonna try not to try not to blow my own trumpet here. <laughs> pretty good whiskey. <laughs> it is. I, I mean, I, I love the nose on this one. You do get some of those wine notes. There's a nice uh, butteriness that has these nice sugar back notes. This is uh, this is a really great bourbon and something that is just surprisingly, it's just very interesting and complex. Thank you. You're, you're way better with the flowery adjectives than I am. I, uh, I know. I was. I, I wrote. I wrote some tasting notes to this one a while back. I'm gonna have to look at what they were. Uh, but I, I know. I, I. I really do like this. Um, this particular one. This is your. This is your only bourbon. This is um, our only bourbon whiskey. Yeah. Right. And again, the bourbon is about four to five years old. It is four years old. We we peg it right at four. Um, we were uh, able to to pull everything of our age stock that was purchased, uh, mainly. I mean, we, we, we got through uh, everything that would be five now, and now we're into the next slot that is four. Uh, we are, have laid down quite a few barrels. COVID put a little dent in that. Um, right. I, won't, I won't continue to tell that story about redistilling 150 barrels worth of rye and making hand sanitizer out of it, the most delicious hand sanitizer the world has ever seen. But... Um, we, uh, like I said, we are a little behind on it, but we have that machine that I showed you can work. And uh, we have laid down so much of our own. We're on track to get as much as we can laid down this year and next year, hopefully. Uh, I don't know. The next thing doesn't happen. Aliens don't invade or something like that. Or, uh, I don't know, giant volcano explodes. Uh, I don't know. Tom Fisher reveals himself to be a lizard overlord who... I don't know, Tom. Anything it could be the lizard whiskey. It, it could be. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just uh, okay. So milk. I get milk chocolate. Okay, I, I looked back. I found the notes. Um, I had said milk chocolate. Uh, a little bit of. Co I got coconut meringue pie because I'm like I get kind of this coconutty thing. Yeah, no, that's what I have here too. Is that what you got? I am reading this because I had to look yeah, back. No, I, I, I always write the notes on my hand. This is great chocolate. <laughs> Chocolatiness, uh, lots of things. I mean, this has things that you don't get on every bourbon. You know it's a bourbon, but these elements, this depth is is something else. And this is a whiskey by itself. You need nothing else. You can get an ice cube, but you can use this. And this makes an amazing cocktail, too. I think so. What do you uh, like to make with this one? You know, uh, what I've been playing around with uh, lately here, drinking a lot of Manhattans, uh, just because I, I, I made a little sweet vermouth down in the distillery to play around with. been trying to perfect a recipe for that uh, out here in wine country. Make the perfect what? sweet vermouth. And I, uh, I don't know where we're going to go with that. I don't think we're going to be releasing a vermouth anytime soon. But, um, right. but it is damn fine for making a, making a few Manhattans. And uh, that's what I've been doing. I bet I bet it's incredible. I'm not much of a cocktail guy. You know me. I like to put my whiskey in a glass and get it in my. It's face. just perfect the way it is. It, it truly is. Uh, it, are you all going to do any um, any single barrels at any point? Will we see any single barrels uh, at any point from you all? Well, here's what we did, Tom. Uh, 
the single barrel idea, we didn't, we didn't, you know, of course we were asked many times and uh, we just tried to see how that fit what we're doing here. And while there is some variation between barrels of, of different lots, you know, we, we purchased uh, our whiskey. We're working with purchased whiskey from a few different locations around the U.S. Um, and quite honestly, single barrel expressions of it from, you know, a relatively small lot. You buy 500 barrels from somebody. Right. Uh, there's not that, that much variation. So uh, what we thought we'd do is uh, give people a little bit of the experience of what Dave and I and Lauren Blanchard and, and, and Brian Sandoli and all the all the principles of this exercise uh, did during the process of developing these whiskeys, which was try it in all kinds of different wine barrels and uh, try different combinations of those wine barrels. Um, right. While we ended up with what are essentially single varietal expressions in each one, uh, we, had, we had a whole lot of uh, experimentation, mixing some Zinfandel with some Cabernet, with some Grenache, you know, with a little bit of Petit Syrah, with a little bit of Merlot, with a little Charbonneau, with a little bit of whatever else we were playing around with at the time. Uh, so our single barrel program is, is it's still one barrel. It's essentially 44 pack, 4.5 liter cases, six pack cases. Um, but what we do is we send you a little collection of, uh, uh, of the wine barrel finishes and we let you put your own uh, blend together. And it's your own blend. It's your own blend. You get you nice. get your kit, and you get your little uh, graduated cylinder, and you've got three 200 milliliter samples of say Zinfandel, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Grenache, and uh, you put them together in your own. Uh, you know how you see fit, and, and we've seen everything from uh, some hundred percent expressions of like uh, Grenache bourbon, which you know is nothing like what's in our bottle. Mm -hmm. Uh, right. to, to 50 50 blends of Grenache and Zinfandel, or uh, you know, a lot of people try the 33 33 33 approach. Um, not my favorite, just kind of muddled up, but uh, every variation you can think of from zero to 100%. Um, uh, people have tried, and it's been, it's been a good program. Um, yeah, so look for those in your, in your local stores uh, if you don't have one there you know ask ask the buyer there to ask your buyer to ask your rep about seven <laughs> <laughs> it could just happen if you're yeah there's, i've got a terrible sales voice man I'm no sorry. it's it it, 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 it just might work here <laughs> he's luring us in with some whiskey the, so now the, what do you call that do you call that the single what do you call it the barrel program or what do you call it we do we call it the barrel select program barrel select. Um, okay. yeah just because those two words sounded cool together uh the it is one barrel's equivalent, but um, we do age each one in their uh, respective wine barrels, and uh, you select the blend and we put it together. And I mean, there's there's just some amazing ones out there, uh, some of my favorites. And uh, again, it gives people that experience that that Dave and I and the rest of the team here went through trying to find the perfect perfect combination of wine and whiskey. Right. What have been some of your, I mean, as far as the actual uh, breakdown? Of, do you have any favorites as far as the breakdown of uh, percentages? Well, now you just want me to give away a bunch of people's great recipes? I mean, <laughs> do that to you. Could be uh, Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I will say this. I'm partial to the Grenache-dominant bourbons. Uh, Grenache-dominant. We ended up using Cabernet Sauvignon as our finishing barrel for the, right. for the bourbon, which I think was a, was a solid decision. Excellent. It was my decision, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and and say it was a solid decision um, <laughs> because it, it integrated the most harmoniously and still kept the bourbon recognizable and yes. uh, uh, as, as a, as a solid bourbon. Um, the Grenache is a little bit heavy handed as far as it's uh, uh, wine influence on the, on the final product, but it's super interesting. It's these beautiful, uh, light blueberry raspberry tones with yeah. uh, a little bit of floral notes in there a little touch of like uh lanolin and um yeah you know all the things i, I don't for those of you who are wine drinkers that some of the things you love about grenache i mean it does uh, it, it really carries those through and you really are putting uh this element of everything great about california wine but also true serious innovation and in whiskey with whiskey Classic whiskey all together in one. I mean, there's so many things in one 
you all are doing? Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you truly are. And, 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 and of course, we're looking forward to the band sweater. The, the lip service is great. The burning chair. Why don't you want to let's let's take a uh, sip of second glance. I see someone has a uh, a question about second glance here. I'm Virginia, trying to look through some of the comments here and see, see if there's any questions. Yeah, uh, Virginia is asking: Is the Zinfandel barrel finish on new on the second glance? Uh, yes, it is. So um, we did have uh, uh, we were using Cabernet finish on the second glance. Uh, for, okay. A long time, pretty much since we started, uh, and some of that is still uh, out there on the little neck tags. Right. Um, we try not to let them get onto those, but we have decided to move over to Zinfandel barrels. Uh, so fairly new. Fairly new. The uh, doesn't doesn't change up the flavor. Uh, crazy. We always we always wanted to use the Zinfandel. We just uh, we wanted to get to a point where we knew we could do it consistently, and so yeah. If you haven't tried second glance lately, please go out and have a glass. Uh, you give it a second or even a third glance now. Yeah, oh, nice segue. Yes. <laughs> Here's the second glance again. It called second glance because you you look at this and you wonder what you're looking at. A lot of people say dental x-rays. What else do they say? Oh, we've got a wall full of pliers. Uh, and some people see it for what it is, which is a... Very handsome young man in the office here, uh, wearing a super skinny 80s tie. Skinny tie. Looking like he might be the lost member of the cars. Right. And now I'm just dating myself. No, I, I like the cars. Oh, I know you know who the cars are. <laughs> I like it. Very, very, very approachable and complex. I mean, I, this one is just, it, and what, now what did the Zinfandel do to it? I don't know if I've had it with the Zinfandel. Um, maybe I have. You probably have. We've been using it for a little while. Okay, so I probably have. Maybe what I'm holding is the uh, the Zinfandel. Uh, what do you like that the Zinfandel is doing to it? Well, the Zinfandel, you know, the the, the second glance base, uh, all of it. The reason it's a American whiskey, uh, its its official classification is just whiskey. Uh, it doesn't have an additional type. Um, so, uh, you know, it, the the reason for that is it was aged in second use bourbon casks. And so they didn't have, it doesn't have that new oak influence that you get from bourbon or even your right. rye whiskey, uh, which goes into hundred percent new American chard oak casks. Uh, the second use cask while still have, having plenty of, of uh, uh, you know, quality to give up out of the wood. Um, it tends to make a lighter, more subtle whiskey, something more akin to Canadian or Irish style as far as the weight and, and, and you know, Mouthfeel right. of it. So, uh, honestly, the Zinfandel being more aggressive than the Cabernet Sauvignon barrels, uh, it adds these beautiful, just kind of more of a cooked berry note, kind of like a, like a cherry compote, like a um, almost a grape jam kind of kind of note to it. Uh, but very fruit forward. It adds uh, it, it adds those on the top notes, so that it's what you get initially. When you smell it <clears throat> um, through the mid palate, it's definitely a lighter weight than the than the bourbon or the rye, um, but still a lot of traditional uh, vanilla, oak, cinnamon, um, these kind of uh, uh, whiskey notes through the mid palate, and there's just a, a it accentuates the finish a little bit more with a little more of that wine influence. I, of the three, I think it's the one that uh, you definitely say, oh, "What did they put this in a wine barrel?" Which right. we don't put on the bottle, you know, because, uh, well, because we don't like to put a lot of stuff on the bottle. Uh, right. It's a, very, it's a very minimalist design to this, which I've always, yeah. uh, I've always appreciated. I think yeah. uh, Dave likes to put an interesting label that grabs your eye on there, uh, but then let you make your own decision about. And, you, you know, want and I think that's perfect because people are going to. A lot of people. Have you have you talked to people that have tried it? And then I've said later, I never had any idea or I didn't know. I just like it. I mean, do you find that sometimes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, quite a bit. I, I don't get out much, Tom. Uh, I'm, I'm here making whiskey. and, and But uh, I, I, I do uh, – people are usually surprised by the second glance. It's, probably, it's usually the last whiskey that they end up with uh, after 
uh, trying the bourbon or trying the rye. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's very mixable. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, no, it, it is. It is. It's, it's approachable. It has this nice creamy quality to it. As you said, that, that, uh, that level of the, the weight is kind of like the Irish whiskey, but it gives you something that's sweetness. Uh, it's, it's so interesting. I really enjoy the second glance. They're all so good in their own ways. They're good for different occasions. They're good for different palates, but they're all so good. I think people would enjoy whiskey, uh, really. And I know they do because we've been hosting a whiskey educational series on the road now for quite a while. We've included your whiskeys in that. People have given us a lot of great feedback on your whiskeys, uh, and all of them are appreciated. There's not one that I think goes further than the other that people appreciate all of these. Well, I hope they do. We, uh, hey. we <laughs> <laughs> I just hope they keep drinking them, Tom. I, uh, I, I'm going to get really thirsty if people quit drinking my whiskeys uh, because I won't be able to make enough for myself and then I'll be sad. And, right. Um, and it's not good to be sad during the time of COVID. You should be happy. No, to it's not. Drink. No, there's we can definitely hopefully. <laughs> You'll have enough whiskey both for you and for them. And we know that you have a good supply there. And uh, and now you have a bar behind you, which makes it even, an even better supply. Agreed. Thank you, Dave, for that. It's a great looking bar. And if you're and if you are just joining us again, it's uh, Jordan Vine, Savage and Cook. Any questions, ask them down below. I'm gonna pop up your all's website if you do want to follow um, Savage and Cook on these social media or just check out what they do, go to savageandcook.com. And I also want to make sure I, I put this website up too, uh, bourbonblog.com forward slash at home. That's our whiskey tasting series that we usually do on the road, but we're bringing it right to your doorstep with both the whiskey and the education. So make sure you like that link. Look at it a little while. We're doing some great tastings coming up where we're going to be pairing whiskeys and cheese and all kinds of things. And we'd love to have you all be a part of our uh, whiskey tastings at home. But um what a great pleasure to have you tonight, Jordan. Uh, it'll be fun to taste this uh, this new whiskey, this new bad sweater. Any other surprises, any other new uh, <laughs> things we can look forward to that you can give us a hint of right now? You know, um, we've, got, uh, we've got a few things in development, but I'm not going to commit to any of them now just because uh, uh, I'd, I'd hate, to, hate to disappoint anybody and or... Uh, you know, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on out there in the world with uh, people drinking more at home, and uh, we're looking at ways to to elevate our whiskeys, make them make them maybe uh, something a little more cocktail less and approachable, something something you'd enjoy uh, at your local fine craft cocktail establishment. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, That's and, good. Yeah. Cool. And uh, as far as uh, the other things we're doing, um, you know, we do have, before all this started, we had plans, not only this bar, which is the uh, uh, definitely just the standing around having drinks and, and, and telling lies bar. Uh, we, uh, we are building a, a proper bar for the public um, over in 45 in that beautiful building that we were in across the, uh, across the sky bridge. Um, yes. It'll have its own uh, eatery. Restaurant and bar and tables outside and on our beautiful patio overlooking the Napa River and I hope people make it out to the island when when it's safe to uh, get out and move around with people. We got a lot of outside space, so um, we're not going to rush anything, but we'll definitely have a nice wide open area for people to come and drink on if uh, if that's how we're still drinking. Absolutely. So it'll be a restaurant, bar, and open at some point in the future uh, when things are a little different. Yeah, we're actually right. Uh, we've got uh, got contractors back on site, uh, starting to work on the uh, on the at least the infrastructure for the uh, the bar and the restaurant. Um, I don't have I don't have a real solid timeline because of the way things are right now, um, but sometime early next year. Excellent. It'll be fun to see it. I know you, you'll have an incredible chef there and some really amazing cuisine. We do have an incredible chef coming on. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good cat. He's a, he's a uh, master sommelier and a, and a master, of, master of the fried chicken. And uh, his name's Chris Blanchard. 
Uh, he's on another. He's on another uh, podcast right now. He's at the same time. So we're. <laughs> I'm watching him over here, by the way, and you know, he's not watching me. <laughs> he can watch you later. That's the good thing. And and hopefully, if you did join us uh, midway through this, this video will be up permanently uh, where you watched it. And the other cool thing is, if you just want to listen to us talk about whiskey, this will be a podcast as well on our podcast channel which is down below anchor.fm forward slash bourbon blog. We like having new subscribers because if you're going to listen to a podcast, it should be a whiskey one and we want you to subscribe to that. So we appreciate that. And uh, Jordan, it's always, always a pleasure seeing you, my friend. You make such great uh, whiskey spirits. Uh, it's always, it's always been fun uh, through these adventures with you over the years. And it's, it's really a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you out here in person. Yes, we, we, we will do that hopefully in the very near future and uh, be trying some more great whiskey. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to trying, again, be watching for the new bad sweater, which this year is going to wear a sweater. Now with 100% more sweater. Please who, don't who, this on who your knitted all those sweaters? Send pictures, or please do. I mean, did you have elves knitting all those sweaters, Jordan? No, I, yeah, actually, me and me and my two assistants hand knit every single one of these every sweaters. Single. It's something you didn't know about me, but I'm an excellent knitter. Um, excellent knitter. Strangely enough, I used to just make all my own socks, but uh, I went ahead and made uh, about twenty thousand of these. Uh, well done. Spare time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean the stitch work is mostly consistent. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you should, you know, don't don't put it on your cat. No cats, no. Or, you know, your little toy chihuahua and post pictures of it with cute captions. Um, or do, you know, whatever you're into. Uh, did you did you knit yourself a life-size version that you can wear? Oh, I should have worn it. But it's about 100 degrees outside. So I, okay. I actually fit into this one after I, when I'm not drinking as much and I, and I eat a little more kale. So... <laughs> You gotta go more on that California kale diet, and then it's, you'll fit into it. It's the California kale diet. I'll, I'll just wear it on my hand like a little friend. <laughs> uh, it's great to see you, Jordan. Well done. Well done with the sweaters and the whiskey, and uh, we will have you back on here again soon on Bourbon Blog Live, and we will be back tomorrow. I'm gonna do two Bourbon Blog Lives tomorrow. One at 5 p.m. We're gonna be making it Negronis with uh, Anthony Caparelli for Negroni Week, 5 p.m. Eastern. And then tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, it'll be uh, Sean Williams of Cohiba Cigars and I pairing some peerless whiskey and cigars. So tune in tomorrow. Cheers, everyone, for watching. And cheers, Jordan. Thank you so much. Cheers, Tom. And thank you, everyone. And take care out there. Cheers, buddy.